keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Listen to the outro if you want to know how to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast that reminds us that we are all super different, and not only is it okay, it is so many different kinds of hot which is awesome, and which is why I hope that this podcast inspires you to talk to your friends and your lovers about your desires, because they might just come true. Our guest today has such a beautiful, dreamy way of speaking, and yet she has an incredible intensity, and I feel like every word she spoke was a kind of purr, dripping in passion, eroticism, and a great deal of ease. I do believe she's the first woman I've spoken to directly who is interested in labia and clit needles. And I have to say, that was a moment for me that kind of transformed my own knee-jerk cringe reaction into, she likes that scary-sounding thing? That's, yeah, that is hot. Maybe needles could be hot? As always, please keep all sexy thoughts about our guests to yourself. If, however, you have any sexy and or creative thoughts about me that you would like to share, There is now one and only one way to do that. You share them after you pay to share them. I am hopping back onto OnlyFans and scrapping my website memberships for logistical reasons. I'm very big on do-overs if something isn't working in a sustainable way, and I think that that is why I enjoy my life so much. So go to wildly.com and you'll figure out where. Lastly, please make sure that you are subscribed and listening to Sex at Work, a podcast about work-related sex things and sex-related work things. This week's episode is with Jackie Ray of High Creatives. She's a badass erotic filmmaker and talks about how becoming a sex worker super duper helped her access her own self-love. So keep your ears open for what piques your desire in this episode and enjoy. Our guest today is a 42-year-old cis bisexual woman who is a submissive alpha, a cock-sucking aficionado. She's into being fully restrained or immobilized and also loves piss play. Born in Russia, she was raised in a secular Jewish household and lived in Israel for 20 years. She now lives in the U.S., Welcome, Marina. Hi, Wyo. <laughs> Hello. Can you please start off by telling our listeners, on a scale from 1 to 10, if this is your sexual shame with 10 being the most full of sexual shame and 1 being not really shamey at all, where do you fall today? 2. Okay. And does it ever change when and why? It doesn't really. Like I said today to my partner, I've always been kind of shameless, but the things that I'm into, those change, those expand. So right now I'm into way bigger range of things that I used to be when I was 20. It's much more fun right now, but yeah, shameless. Awesome. And then can you just give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now and what your favorite parts are? It's beautiful. It's absolutely freaking amazing. So I would say that my relationship with my partner who now lives with me, oh my God, it's amazing. It's so awesome. It's more like a daddy dom, baby girl, Mm. or like a big girl relationship. I'm all kinds of crazy and he gives me this framework and he just puts his hand on me. Like just watching TV or I sit by his side and he would put his hand on me and it would just melt me into a puddle. Mm. And then we have this, dominant submissive where he's more strict with me and we have a little bit of sadist masochist really it's a smaller part because it really requires mindset we started venturing into some swinging which is super exciting and kind of discovering opening up to it and it's awesome it's absolutely intertwined spiritual physical it's satisfying. He is so in tune with me. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah, the best ever, that I've ever had. That is really amazing. Can you let us know what your personal definition of sexy is? For a woman, it's funny. I was playing this game that is called Drunk, Stoned, or Stupid with my kids. It's a very simple game when there's cards and each card has some sort of a description of a person and the whole group decides who gets this card. So one of the cards said would have sex with themselves if they could and everybody just like, oh, that's her. So yeah, so my definition of female sexy is very much like me. I like sensuality and in my female partners as well. You know, I like bodies that are similar to mine. Mm. 
curves. I like this like bursting femininity in women. In men, my absolute idol is my daddy. Mm. Uh, I like tall guys. I like when they're physically bigger than I am. I'm not a small chick, so I like them tall. I like them intelligent. Yeah. Oh my god. I like them in tune with me. I like them a little spiritual. I like them daddies. I like body hair, especially with my partner. I have like this absolute it's not a fetish, but when I touch him, just the touch of his body hair is absolutely feels divine. It's super sexy. Oh. So many things. Like everything is sexy. Beautiful. Can you please tell us what happens to your sexual shameometer when it's time to talk to a new partner about safer sex? And what would an ideal version of that conversation look like for you? I don't know how it would look for me right now face to face with one person. But with our swinging partners, this was kind of flowy conversation. And, you know, in between talking about the etiquette of swinging, I asked, so what about, you know, STDs? How do you guys go about it? They told us that they test regularly. And if they play with the same play partners, they're already all tested. So that's okay. So I would think I would be just, you know, in the flow of conversation, it would be just fine to dive into those subjects, disclose some information about myself say when I was last tested oh one thing that I keep forgetting I'm not on any birth control right now because my partner has a vasectomy and this is something that I kind of forgot about in our last swinging venture but luckily I had my period starting the day after so okay. <laughs> I'm much better in like simulation conversations so if you had a simulation conversation with me like we're on a date okay so we're on a date and I'll initiate the I like you I really like you and I would like to have sex with you are you up for that yeah, I love sex. I gotta tell you that I've been like, I've had some group sex thing going on, and I haven't tested after this particular session, but I've got my testing before that, and I was clean. So it's kind of important to me because I, you know, I have the whole life that I'm managing around myself. It's important for me to stay healthy. Would you be able to share with me your side of things? Yeah, I actually have had a couple partners since my last round of tests, so I'm probably due for another one. The other thing that you should definitely know is that I have herpes in my throat. While I'm not currently having an outbreak and the asymptomatic viral shedding rates have dropped really low because I've had it for almost two years now, a way that I like to play that's really safe with other women is to use these latex panties called laurels. Have you heard of them? No. <laughs> with my personal comfort, I'm actually planning to go get tested next week when I'm back in Los Angeles. I'm just on the farm right now. Because I'm wanting to reach out and have some new partners. So, okay. So, we did a good example. Okay. Is there anything else you would say to me if we were, would you, what, what would you I say? I would like say, wow, it's super interesting. Never heard about that. I would love to try it. Yeah. They're really cool. Yeah. And they're on their way to becoming FDA approved for STIs and stuff. So, right now, they technically aren't, but they're barriers so that people can explore all the things. Okay. So, take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex and what? messages either from your family or the culture around you do you remember getting with it so nothing from my family growing up in a soviet union till i was 11 nothing was discussed in schools mm. there were no books that were sitting on my parents shelves just there was a book i remember about for the female homemaker it included cooking and stuff like that and childbirth also okay and it wasn't in detail at all just maybe a little bit about breastfeeding but that was like the only glimpse that I got into anything body related till I was 11 and then we immigrated and then there was a sex ed in school okay when I was 11 something that's when I started seeing those little headers in magazines for youth talking about boys and girls mm -hmm. and then we had classes in school and then I discovered, well, I discovered before that, that I used to have a lot of crushes since very early age. And then after the age of 11, when I started hearing about those things in school, it kind of started also seeping through into my infatuations with this boy, that boy. And still, it wasn't like explicit, I think, but I already started, my body started waking up a little bit. And then I met my boyfriend that also became my husband. Later on, not right away, and I was 14 and a half. And that was my first exposure to 
actually doing in my first kiss. Oh, wow. Okay. Had you explored your body by yourself at all at that point? Or did you even have any information to know what to do with it? I didn't know what to do with it. Okay. I remember that feeling like I want to touch myself, but I didn't really because I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. Oh, I was babysitting. I was probably like 12 years old. And the kids that I was babysitting went to bed and I found this and it was the Sierra time. In between all their cassette tapes, I saw one that didn't have like label on it. It was pink on the outside. So I put it in and there was the worst, cheesiest German porn you can think about. <laughs> Do you remember? I loved it. <laughs> oh, I don't remember the details. I would watch it. And every time when I got invited to babysit those kids, I was just waiting for them to go to bed. I would put the cassette tape in and then I would rewind to the same spot where I started watching from. So it was like the age of 12. I think that's when I realized that what goes where. Okay. It was exciting. I was, I wanted to watch it. Yeah. I was drawn to it. Oh, and then I found a couple of magazines in my grandpa's room that were like soft porn, but I was too embarrassed. I think I'm still kind of processing it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. We don't always think of our grandparents in that way. Okay. So when you started exploring with this first partner of yours, you had your first kiss. Did he know about bodies and what to do with them? How were your early experiences? He didn't really know what to do. Okay. We were both equally inexperienced. I might have been his first kiss as well, mm -hmm. even though he kind of told me he had a girlfriend before. Mm, he wasn't even 17 yet. I was 14 and a half. There were a lot of things that happened later. We were together for 20 years. Okay. So a lot of players, but it's really nice going back to the first days, months when I was in love with him. It's funny. He convinced me very quickly that we need to have sex. Mm. So we dated probably for like three months. And then I lost my virginity to finger. It wasn't even with a cop. So yeah, we both didn't know what to do with our bodies. Actually, I'm grateful to him because within the relationship with him, he kind of overlooked me kind of looking and having little experiences here and there. And I've also had quite a long relationship with him. He didn't know about I believe we always do now. I think he might have felt something. Hmm. But my main exploration wasn't, I guess, with him. And I didn't even have an orgasm until I was 21. Okay. Do you want to walk us through the layers of what you remember and kind of paint the picture for us of your sexual growth as you entered your 20s? So this cock was really nice shape, good size. I've always enjoyed sucking cock and i've been doing this awesome i loved it i enjoyed sex with him we lived in an apartment building and we got letters from the neighbors please <laughs> scream lower the voice yeah i remember it felt good we had anal sex as well not right away but at some point we started i realized that i enjoy that mm. at the age of 21 i discovered a vibrator we just went with the friends to a sex shop and i got myself a little bullet vibrator and i remember that night i went to the bedroom and my partner at that time and his friend they were in the living room and i just used the vibrator and i came for the first time it was awesome wow. <laughs> i remember the feeling it was just i used to think that maybe i'm having orgasms but when i really had it i mean you know yes yes and I got a knock on the door from my partner saying, you're being a little loud. Are you okay? I think by then I already had my first experience with a woman. I don't remember being too excited. It was just interesting. Mm. I think it developed my attraction to women kind of developed as I went. Probably now it's speaking. Maybe just because the sexuality is speaking in general. So first few years, nothing too exciting except, well, that's it. Then discovering orgasms, then having this friend of a few years who looked like a freaking god. I always got attention from good-looking people. Mm. Uh, with him, it was exciting. He really was he had a divine body. His cock wasn't as awesome as my life partner's, okay. but altogether was great. With him, it was the first time that I actually fingered a guy. Ooh, okay, cool. And 
Does the size of your partner's cock, I know that you said you like a big one. Does it make a difference feeling wise in your vagina or for how you orgasm at all? I don't think so. Okay. Just probably the shape. I need the head to be good size because I love the, the shape. I love when the head is bigger and I feel the difference inside, me, mm. you know, between the shaft and the head. And then what about the butt stuff with that first partner? So we didn't have a conversation about it. I remember he was laying on the stomach and I was just touching him with all my partners. I love just learning them with my hands. Mm. I remember he was laying on the stomach and he was like totally smooth and this olive skin and I was just enjoying and just went over to his ass. I love round ass and guys like when it's round and you're able to grab it. He had a very delicious grabby ass and I just, you know, caressing and getting closer and I think I asked if he was okay with that and he said mm-hmm. and then I went in and uh, it was exciting I liked that and he liked that at some point like didn't feel his prostate or anything because I didn't know I'm supposed to do it yeah yeah it was just nice that's cool I think I'd love to hear a little bit about the details of your physical body and then we'll go from there so well my nipples and we also have this erotic lactation fantasy that we have and I love my nipples being sucked on, bitten, not like bleed, but sucked on and bitten. And I need that little bite or his fingers on my nipple to, to come. Mm. It, just, it just throws me over the edge. Okay. I think I can just come just from that. Yeah. So anyway, nipples, I absolutely love my breasts. I love being kissed on my neck, which is kind of conventional love my ankles and my feet Mm. and i love wearing stuff like footless sandals so i like decorating my pretty parts i like myself in general i love my hair amazing like my face was it always this way for you or are these things that you like developed liking as you grew older because like i when i was I don't know, 17, 18, 20, 26. Like in my early years, I feel like I wasn't as much in my own body and I wasn't able to experience pleasure feelings the same way. So once you had that orgasm at 21, were you like unlocked or did it take a while for you to be able to transfer those skills to a partner? And can you come without a vibrator and just things like that? Like, what do you notice about your body? So I think I started actually opening up after I got this extramarital partner. And he was a guy that everybody noticed him. Mm. Is this the one with the yummy butt? Yes. Okay, okay. Oh, that's yummy butt number one. I have yummy butt number two sitting in my living room over there. (laughs) He's yummy butt number one right now. So yeah, I think that the fact that I was noticed and not only noticed, he fell in love with me. He was, you know, for years. I think that added a lot to my Mm self-esteem back then. And then I started noticing that I get people looking at me, both male and female. And in Mediterranean culture, people are just looking at you. If they like you, they will undress you with their eyes. Mm. And I consider it okay. Do you like that? I do. I do too. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I love it. I also like staring at people and I had to learn when I was 25 to not do it so much. Like someone, one of my friends had to be like, stop staring so much. And I was like, oh, okay. stare at people i stare at people i turn my head my partner is like don't be creepy (laughs) it's natural i mean i look at people people look at me i love it yeah that was the problem when i moved here nobody's looking at me Mm. and then i was like why suddenly people are not noticing me till i realized that it's a cultural thing so back then when i had hit that jackpot with that guy that everybody was like oh and he was mine Mm. i was like oh And that's when I started being aware. And I think that I got it externally first from the feedback that I got from the outside that I'm beautiful. And the internal, I guess, ripening or maturing added to it. I'm also, you know, psychologically, I think right now I'm in the absolute best spot psychologically about the way I perceive myself and the way I perceive the outside interest toward me. Mm. I went through you know, my separation from my 20 years partner was kind of ugly and painful. And it took me another relationship of four years between him and my current partner to actually get to a really good place. 
And even though I'm not in my best physical shape right now, I'm loving myself. Beautiful. Can you take us through any of the specifics of that expansion and contraction? Anything particularly going from the parts where you maybe felt not so open or not so in touch with yourself to anything you can articulate as you've noticed this shift in yourself? Yeah, I guess it was after the immigration to the United States. Beforehand, I was pregnant. I absolutely loved being pregnant. It was the best pregnancy ever. No symptoms, like no anything that was bothering me. I was glowing. I have actually a bunch of photos from then. It was like half naked, naked at the top, wearing a skirt, I think. And it was the happiest, the most glowing photos ever. Amazing. But then I just, I loved it. And I gave birth and I still felt great. And then I moved away from all of my supportive environment, from my parents, from my friends. And then the real problems with my partner started Mm. because, you know, when you move away from everything that recharges you, not only you don't get enough, you also kind of focus all of your demands and all of your needs on one person that obviously cannot provide any of that. Plus, I was pregnant again. I had two kids and that's when I shut down for years. And then after we split a few months, I was kind of in a state of shock. And then it was like, oh, okay, I need sex. And I and that was about a month and a half when I was just meeting guys to use them. Okay. I don't remember a single name. I probably slept with maybe like five, six guys. I don't remember a single name. They reached out to me after and I was like, no, not interested. Did you say that or were you an early ghoster? I was kind of polite about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a jerk about it, but, you know, and that helped boost my self-esteem a little bit back. Okay. And then I met my partner of four years with him. It started reopening again. And yeah, it's basically just a trauma, I guess, of moving away from everything. And then the separation and now awakening again. So to everybody out there that is going through a tough period in their lives and not feeling wanted, desired, sexual, first of all, it will come back. You know, it comes back. Yeah. And in that interim period, is there anything interesting to say about those experiences? Or was it just they were nameless and served a purpose? Like, was there joy? Was it mediocre? Were there any stories where you did anything crazy? Or is it time to move on from that period? They were all pretty attractive. Okay. <laughs> I remember with one guy who was in some chemistry. We met at the bar. We kind of started kissing probably right away. And then we just hopped in Uber and... <laughs> you know, went over to his place. I remember how instant that was, mm. you know, and then there was another guy back then who had a really big cock. It was an exorcism in my room. I remember that I was writing him and I had a bottle of tequila in one hand and I was like feeling like I'm getting all the evil spirits out of my bedroom. Cool. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> like a sex magic ritual but just like on the fly it was the way (laughs) wow fucking out those evil spirits that's beautiful okay so you're on your first date with your current partner and you're feeling these feelings of attraction what was it like where were you what happened what did you feel how did you discover you were submissive etc well i have my fed life account with my writings and actually wrote about our first date Mm. oh i'm just reading the headlines of my writings today's task by daddy three-way play bite me daddy today's task my former lovers and their cocks he gives me tasks yeah so uh, some of the tasks were writing today's task butt plug experience documented (gasps) next one morning treat for daddy's cum slot next one is about solid iron girl's best friend is about the shackles that he got for me in a private message, I was asked how my dominant and I found each other and picked up on compatibility. So we met on a vanilla dating site. My photos draw his attention. There's something different in them, something that speaks to his mind. Does he know what it is? Probably not, at least not entirely. It's, is it my curly hair that reminds him of a movie character that once enchanted him? Is it the paint on my fingers on that other photo? Either way, he starts a conversation. I respond. A ping pong conversation begins. It's quick, agile, and easy. We each pick up on things we like fairly quickly. 
He's smart, genuine, not pushy, doesn't talk about himself. Our intellectual level is a match. And he has a nice smile and is a similar professional field. Mm. We meet. He's tall, slender, and handsome. He's an introverted observer. I'm an extroverted instigator and a bit of a show-off in a good way, in a way he likes. He's not shy or timid. His stable, quiet presence both intrigues and relaxes me. This is new. Mm. In real life, this man is very consistent with the impression he made while we were chatting online. For him, different things stand out. My hair, my red dress, perhaps. The fact that I ordered scotch and not a generic fruity cocktail. I don't know. I can't decide what I want to order, debating between a couple of things. He makes the decision for me. She will have the ceviche and the salad. What? This is new. I'm my own decision maker, but I like it. I love it. He makes the selection based on dishes I was looking at. He pays attention. A game of matching needs and qualities continues, powered by infatuation with one another. Hmm. I want to be watched on the nature of my submission. I hope you enjoyed your caramel sauce, baby girl. Oh, that's when I got my punishment. Mm. Uh, wait, wait, could you just pause and tell us what a caramel sauce punishment entails? Last night I was bratty. I didn't do what daddy said when he was giving me my five Skittles. I also put caramel sauce on my apple without asking. I didn't know what I was about to get. It was one of my most intense experiences with pain so far, with the deepest subspace and heavy subdrop. <laughs> I will write about it after I'm able to sit again. No more caramel on my apples without asking daddy first, that is. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I can't find my first. But anyway, he made a decision for me. It was so different. I'm this dominant woman. And I'm there and I'm chatty and he's containing me. He's just sitting there and looking at me and like listening to me. And then he decided what I'm going to eat. And then I felt that at some point that if I don't touch him right now, I'm going to explode. And that's how I've been feeling since, like every time. Wow. What I love about what you shared is that I can hear the excitement and anticipation and curiosity and desire across all levels like I hear the psychological elements I hear the different ways that you're feeling the match and you know I think it's important to kind of point out some of these nuances because it's not a matter of just having another person speak for us all the time mm -hmm. it's that he ordered what you wanted yes he listens he pays attention he yeah. always does that is one of the hottest things that's what I think is very sexy when another person can pay attention to me and can collaborate creatively to have an experience that is energetically mutually satisfying, that's when I'm like, Vroom! so I would like to hear, how did you two start off your DS relationship? Like, how formal were you? How much do you express your desires? And I heard you say that you are an alpha female. Does alpha submissive just mean you are like, like, how do you understand that phrase and how did you come up with it? So he started talking about his kinks. Well, I felt that he's a dominant personality. She didn't, didn't know how to name it. Mm. I didn't know the language, the lingo of it. Okay. So you're, you were new to kink when you met him, like the formality. Yeah. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. He realized that with me, he plants a seed of something and I start kind of, Get curious about it. I might, if it's a new concept to me, I'll go and I'll read about it or I'll ask him about it and I'll start to get interested. So he throws it in. He has endless patience. Mm. And he's so patient. And he would just throw me a treat, a bone, and I would just like explore it. And I would ask, so have you done it before? Or, and then he's, started talking about dominance submissive relationship and i was like i would love to try it i just don't know like i feel when you put your hand on me it just uh, but i just don't know because i am such a dominant person in everyday life uh -huh. <laughs> i'm a mother i'm a, like, a leader i'm a manager i'm my head of household i'm the ruler i'm the king i'm the queen of my kingdom yeah how can i be submissive with that so he gave me a link to your podcast. My podcast? Yes. <gasps> to the first one, when you describe your meeting with your master that was quite a bit older than you. Yes. You know, it's 
spoke to me a lot. So, you know, that was a period of time when I was listening to that and I was kind of trying. I went on FetLife. I created an account on FetLife. I went into the forums, this forum for everything. And I went into the like forums of uh, strong women with submissive inclinations. And I started asking questions and researching it. And at the same time, we were implementing it in our dynamic. And I realized that I like it. I need it. I need that framework. It's so relaxing. What? Okay, so tell us a lot of the things that you like to be called. I heard cum slut. Like, what are your kind of go-to names? I heard baby girl. I heard more. Tell us, tell us, tell us. So it's daddy and baby a lot. Mm. This morning, oh, we had such an amazing experience this morning. Oh, my God. We have this bubble, our bubble when the world disappears. And we usually, we were able to first access it when we had a certain type of intoxication. We were like, oh, instead of letting you into my bubble or going into your bubble, there's our bubble. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. And I felt like I want to call him sir, which is, that's the shift from the baby girl and daddy yeah. to more dominant submissive. That's mm-hmm. when I want to feel more... You know, I want him to take more charge. I want him to explicitly, you know, make me do things. Mm-hmm. So that's when it goes to Sir. He loves calling me slut. Mostly baby girls, most that we use and then slut and things like that. I use daddy and sir. Today I wanted to call him master as well. Mm. Depends on how submissive I'm feeling. Okay. Really. Can you tell us about your different submissive feelings, like the range? It sounds like you have different textures of submission. And if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like maybe even different ones come out on the same day, depending on where you are in a session. Is that accurate? It's different triggers all the time. I can't say that we have a a certain order of things in the session that kind of lead from more gentle to more, you know, hands-on corporal, whatever. Mm -hmm. It depends on the mindset and the needs of one another. We kind of read it. We can talk about it. It's funny because when I feel, I'm absolutely in love with him. And when I feel this overwhelming feeling of being in love, it's so overwhelming. I need to have some pain to Mm -hmm. somehow it helps accommodate it. Yes. In our brain, it's because the whole center for attraction, love and sex is mixed up with aggression. It's salt and pepper. And we float between states. So daddy and baby girl is more of a gentle. It's more of caring and giving me a gentle framework. It can be like that for days or the same day, like today, we could go from that into master and sir. And like we feed from one another. We read one another. We have needs that are, I guess, satisfied and provided. We provide to one another by, it's not even switching. It's flowing between the states. Yeah, it really sounds like it's very fluid. And if I'm hearing you, it sounds like it's not necessarily, but maybe, do you have separate conversations about what you are going to do? Or is it taking cues? You said you read each other, but is it like in the moment where you suddenly say a different word and it might come from either of you? Or how have you experienced the communication around the switching or the flowing? So we communicated a lot when we were not living together and writing. Mm. And back to the shame of meter and feeling vulnerable. We developed the ability of being able to say anything we want to each other, but that didn't start right away. So we communicated a lot in writing, direct writing, text messages, and we have our online like diaries, journals. I have access to his and he has access to mine. Whatever we feel vulnerable about, what we want to try, or just general things that we feel vulnerable about, telling each other face to face we're right there much less now because we're able to communicate those things directly the vulnerability we're able to be completely vulnerable with each other i used to write there and you know i don't know if if he's gonna read it or not and the same for him that kind of makes it safer i guess being vulnerable about things and we directly communicated as well and right now i was just daddy i need the fuck bench out (laughs) you're a fuck bench tell us more it's an awesome height. It puts your body, you land in and with your stomach, and then there's supports for your arms and feet and legs and ankles and the wrists are strapped or shackled. Mm. And it's all supported. It has those things to hold the vibrator. 
or the dildo and soul heavy iron, heavy duty coming from blacksmith. That's so cool. Is it a custom piece of furniture? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it was like $1,500 at the time. Amazing. What a great investment. That's a beautiful thing. Can you tell us how long you have been with your partner? Over two years now. And you just moved in together a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, we took it slow. And I'm so happy about it. Anyway, so when I need something, I just say it. I need the fuck bench out this morning. And like, I really need to be on the fuck bench. And I need you to just walk around me and just fuck me everywhere. Tell us the details of that. You get fucked everywhere. Does that mean all holes? And then also, can you please tell us your favorite types of pain? Oh, yeah. So, oh, my holes, definitely. My kind of a want right now is to get those acupuncture needles and get them through my clip. (gasps) I want to do it. I have researched that 0%. Is that something that you've been like looking at or is that an idea that came out of your own head or how did you become intrigued with that idea? So when you're on set, you kind of browse through pictures and, you know, you see what people do and stuff that is quite extreme and awesome. Mm -hmm. That kind of started drawing my attention. Just things that are done with labia and their clamps and then i realized that i just like seeing needles through labia and through the clip at some point we kind of started looking for those photos together and i just express it and then i know it doesn't necessarily happen the same day the same week or the same month Mm -hmm. but he knows that it's in my universe of concepts it's in my universe of wants i let him know what else have you let him know in the past that has come to pass a lot stems from the seeds that he puts out there, the little cat treats that he puts out there. So the Diaz, and he kind of started talking about it, and then it developed, and I asked questions, and I wrote things in the journal. And he knows that I will bring it to fruition. So he plants a seed, and then I ask him about it, and then it just comes true. Well, definitely the swinging part. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, I was intimidated with that, with that idea. And I was, you know, how, how it is when you're with someone and just want him just to yourself. I'm not really that way, but I have heard lots of people tell me that. So can you share with us a little bit of your process and kind of like what unfolded for you and what you're feeling about it now? So it took a long time to build. I can't say that it's a certain thing. It's such a combination of everything. It's my confidence in him growing. Mm-hmm. He's the most honest person I know. Mm. He's the most dependable person I know. He's the most grounding and he gives such a feeling of security. And I also healed from the inside from my own past. So that went into the constellation and him being so attentive and him being so honest and him proving again and again that I can count on him and that he loves me and he adores me. And us going through little experiences that is, me and him, hand in hand, even just innocent stuff like getting all dressed for Halloween and going to this crazy Halloween party that is not sexual, but is just an awesome experience to do together. So building more and more of those experiences and sharing more and more of excitements and realizing that we are safe with each other. Mm. And that made me kind of open into, huh, let's maybe find a play partner. And that was my idea. It was, of course, his seed that he planted. And it's like, oh, maybe let's find a chip. Yeah. So we did. Okay. It was great. Very nice, very easygoing. And that also made me realize that I love seeing his cock sucked by another woman or sharing that How with cool. another chip. You know, I needed that experience to realize that. Yeah. And he also was so graceful about everything and gave me an additional security in him. And then, you know, after a couple of sessions with that girl, we had like a hiatus a few months and then went for a vacation where we had no worries, no thoughts about like our daily lives. We're just there and we went to Midwest. That's where he's from. Went to visit his family, a place there's absolutely nothing to do. And it was five days, six days off of work, no worries, no nothing far away from home. So we were basically sleeping, 
then we went to visit his parents and then we would come back to the room and fuck mm. and then i was like hey let's find a couple to play with we're here we fuck someone we never see them again and that was the night when i went on quiver and he said go on sls and we went on sls and quiver and we didn't find anyone to play with wait what are those are those apps yeah okay sls is a very popular app with a swinging lifestyle community got it okay and quiver is they try to be sls but they by far don't have as many people in there at all okay but that's where i met this couple and mainly the guy is very chatty and local and he's like oh we just met with a few couples we're also very new to this and we just met with a few couples and this is awesome and we started chatting we have the chat that included my partner as well Mm -hmm. so we're all together and one thing led to the other and we find ourselves in a hotel orgy basically (laughs) so you know one thing leads to the other but it's a very all-encompassing process that includes our inner healing our feeling of being vulnerable with each other and being safe being vulnerable with each other and him being super patient and him knowing what works with me Mm -hmm. Can you give us some of the details of maybe you mentioned a lot of like really juicy sounding things when you were scrolling through your FetLife journal entries. Can you maybe share some details about just stuff you've done together that you love or stuff you've discovered as submissive or not? Just things that you just like really love that make you big turn on. Press play. (laughs) It's super intimate. When he first said that we were texting, it was maybe just a couple of days after our first date. And it didn't throw me off. I was like, huh, interesting. And so I have a friend and I share, I say, he's my male girlfriend. Mm -hmm. We talk about everything. And I remember I shared with him that I was trying to use the vibrator on my clit while I'm trying to pee at the same time. So it's like a contrast of the complete relaxation that the body needs to piss. Yeah. Versus the contraction that the body feels when, you know, the clit is being stimulated. And it was a few years back. And maybe that's why my current partner mentioned the piss blade didn't throw me off back then. And it really slowly developed into an interest. And then I realized how intimate that is. How did you explore it starting out? Oh, I think the first was, I think we were in the middle of sets and I long sessions our sessions could be super long including so many things yeah and i needed to pee and i felt like i needed him with me so i took him with me to the bathroom the lights were off i think he put his hand feel me pissing yeah. and it was so like oh it was i felt so taken care of amazing you know so protected yeah and i started feeling how intimate that is and then he also kind of was able to let go and so we started playing with that, using the bathroom first and then just pissing in the bowl in front of him. Cool. Technical question. I would be worried about aiming because I think that's hard anyway. How was it bowl wise? Or did, did you have to like control the flow or is that part of the fun? The bowl is pretty big. It's not like a cup. But like, <laughs> like splashing or like, I don't know. You just wash the floors after or puppy pads. Okay. Okay. Cause like I'm here on the farm and I'm here by myself and I walk around naked a lot. And if I'm outside and have to pee, I'll just pee on the ground. And like yesterday I was like squatting, you know, I'm naked and whatever, but I was like squatting and I'm like really good at holding a squat, but I was like peeing and I was like, how do I do this without splattering myself? <laughs> just cause like the, the backsplash. Okay. 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 Yeah. So there's a backsplash. Yeah. So there's a backsplash. I mean, we cover each other with a little splash. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any of those sheets yet for the bedroom? No, not yet. Okay. I want to get some of those. No, I but we have a mattress protector. Great. So what else? <laughs> well, sucking his cock is a big thing. With the swinging, well, when I see him being more passionate with someone than he's with me, then that's when I feel intimidated. So I do still feel intimidated a little bit. Mm. But... It's a complete turn on, well, to see his cock suck or another woman to hold his cock and give him a hand job. Last time we had the session with this couple, for me, it was a full swap. It was a first full swap. Okay. For him, I was sure he also got his cock wet. And I 
manually directed his cock into her. And I guess I just overlooked it and that didn't happen for them. Okay. But that's a turn on. Mm. That kind of play that you get secure with when you're so secure in your partner. Yeah. And it's such a huge freedom being able to be excited from things that used to intimidate me just because I feel so secure in this relationship. Amazing. So you mentioned that you need your nipples to be squeezed or maybe even bitten. You need that in order to come? I don't need that in order you don't to need come. It, but it's nice. But it's something that just throws me over the edge real quick if that is added. Awesome. I like stretching. I like to explore different types of orgasm. Like the type of orgasm that I get from being as fucked is different. I do need clitoral stimulation all the time, every time. I don't think I've ever had like a purely vaginal orgasm. So I actually just read a book today, or I'm in the process of reading this book, A Curious History of Sex by Kate Lister. There is no such thing as a vaginal-only orgasm because what we're experiencing is the whole organ of the clitoris on the inside. And I was like, oh, I kind of knew that, but just hearing those words out loud, I was like, oh, but you can, have you had an orgasm while he's in your ass or while something is in your ass? Yeah. That's so good. Okay. Can, oh, you, yeah. can you just describe the different textures of what Last you experience? <laughs> so it's, it's a different feeling from when something is in my vagina. Yeah. For vaginal stimulation, I like stretching. I like sometimes just the slightest touch of his finger is mm. enough. I love him invading my body. It's psychological. Yeah. It's in my head. So that's a different type of orgasm. Then he also fists me. Like, not like severely, but he's able to get his whole hand inside me. And that's a huge stretching feeling. And that's an entirely different type of orgasm. And that takes me a while to heal after that. But do you have to also work up to it? That's one of my like hot fantasies. Yeah, a lot of blue. And yeah, I work up to this a little bit, but not like hugely. Amazing. And his hands are not. They're very elegant. So that's a different type of orgasm, too. Just the feeling of stretching, just the feeling of, you know, contracting around. You know, just after that, I realized, you know, there are all those books about orgasmic childbirth. Oh. Now I totally understand how that can happen. Say more, because I don't know about these things. This, and, and it's a little weird to me to kind of mix those two things, childbirth and sexual experience i don't know why it's weird to me because you know it's a continuation right that's a result but the stretching unless there's some stimulus from the outside that kind of distracts you from that just that is so different mm. I, I think maybe orgasmic childbirth is probably possible only when you do it with a partner that you are really in love with it has to be like a psychological element to it mm. what else are you wanting to explore that you haven't explored yet I think we're just now probably shifting into a very spiritual side of sex. I think we're getting to the tantric connection without actually learning about it, being present. And I'm just curious about things as they come. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I know that there are things out there that I don't know yet that I'm going to love. So yeah, probably the needle thing. And I don't know how I will react when I actually will have the needle going through me. He has a speculum that I want to try. He has it, and I repeatedly tell him, let's do it. He's probably waiting for my interest to peak. I don't know, mm. but he has to be in. Another thing that I want to explore is some sort of sensory deprivation. Well, I like to, I love to be mobilized, but that's not really sensory deprivation. It's more like, again, him taking control. Yeah. It means that I have no choice but to enjoy. Yeah. So sensory deprivation probably well i've had a ball gag in but it's different it's more like to bite on when i'm getting some sort of painful impact play yeah. i would like to explore the impact play more i would like to cross that line and i've had it a couple of times when the time doesn't matter anymore that's it there's no time yeah it just you get so tranced the head is in a completely different space yeah. And I want to explore that more. I don't know if I can access it through pain only or through something else. I just realized that sex is our gateway to states of mind that are beyond what I've experienced so far. 
What impact have you experienced and loved so far? And what restraint? We heard about the fuck bench with some pretty heavy-duty restraints. What else have you experienced restraint-wise and impact play-wise that you have loved already? So handcuffs, different types of handcuffs, soft restraints behind my back. The spreader bar is when the ankles are strapped to the bar so you can't put your legs together. Another type of restraints that I really loved were over-the-door restraints. There's a mirror right there, so I was restrained. You know, you're kind of hanging over the door. I don't remember what he was using. I think the crop. And I could see me and myself in the mirror getting this impact. I can't say that I love pain, but it brings me into magical states of mind. Wow. Another type of restraint, and he spoke about it in his session with you. He wrapped me in the sarin wrap. Mm-hmm. So immobilization has really a psychological component to it. Yeah. And I think it's a sensory deprivation probably. It's not a sensory. It's more like something is being taken away from me forcefully. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's a submissive trait, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to try rope, but he doesn't know rope. So maybe once I really want to be rigged professionally. I want to be like punk. <sighs> Me too. I think I want to hire someone to do it to me. And I have a friend who's like very, very into it. And she's been showing me pictures of people she's researching. And I'm like, maybe I'll copy you. (laughs) Yeah, I know what he wants. He likes the psychological side of dominance and submission. Mm -hmm. I know he wants me to really feel miserable. Mm. Do you want that? What kind of miserable? (laughs) Yeah. Well, like leaving me to sleep on the floor. Oh, yeah. Or putting me in the attic or the basement. Or he had this secret room in his place that he never showed me, but I know it existed. And he did this with his previous girlfriend before me. It's the crawl space under the stairs Mm. that it was like cold concrete floor and not much space to move with chains there. So like chain me over there and leave me there and for me not to know when he's coming back. That's kind of a psychological play that is I tried because it trusts him so much yeah would you do that because I have so many fantasies about that and I've never had a partner that would actually play them out yet I do ask myself because I'm like how long would I really just get left there without knowing before I'd start to freak out like would I do you think you would or do you, do you think about that or it's just because you the connection with this person maybe mine's not answerable because I don't have the person but you do I would freak out but I enjoy that freaking out mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i would freak out just because i don't know when he'll come back just because i don't know because i'm cold and i want to surpass those body sensations i used to do yoga a lot when i was younger and it was kundalini yoga it's kind of a repetitive and strenuous so at some point it gets boring then it gets painful and then you just stop caring and you just keep doing it and mm-hmm. then you see what your body's capable of so i'm curious about yeah. the play with him where it can take me and what kinds of things I can break through. Yeah. My fantasy of those also always includes like if they tell me something to think about or if I have to like work on a certain project. A lot of my fantasies have to do with work stuff too. (laughs) I love that. That's so cool. That's why I love the tasks. Yeah. And we had that time, we were very consistent and the nights that we didn't spend together, I had to do a task. Mm, I love that. And document that. So he's super creative. He would give me tasks so different, ranging from all kinds of physical things to like intellectual and research something and write a story. And I was doing this, you know, writer's online course and he was tasking me with writing about something. And I have actually like written nice pieces of writing because he tasked me with it. Amazing. That's amazing. And that's like the most supportive type of dom that i fantasize about i love stuff like that that's amazing i'm very lucky every day i express my gratitude i'm so grateful and the funny thing that we are you know we're geeks we look like geeks we behave like geeks and then we have this hugely kinky awesome side yeah that is actually most it's like an iceberg this huge kinky enjoying crazy mutual trusting place where We enjoy so many things. Absolutely. The thing that I love about geekiness is that there's usually a fairly high level of creativity and knowledge. 
And then you mix those two things together with two people that want to play and you do really fun stuff. And it sounds like you are both doing that together. And it sounds like it's just expanding and exploding. Yeah, it does. <laughs> At some point, we had the medical fetish. We have scrubs for both of us. We have scrubs. Love. We did role playing, like really role playing of patient and doctor. And we have those stretchy bandages that are medical bandages, but you can immobilize with them, which yeah. he actually did once. I just wrapped them around me. Does he fuck you when you're wrapped up tight? That's one of my favorite things. I always wonder if other people like that or if when you're immobilized, you prefer to just be immobile. I like all kinds of stuff when I'm Great. immobilized. Great. <laughs> oh, he does perfect sensory play, very gentle sensory play. Oh, again, very creative mind. So I like being blindfolded. And just not knowing what he will do next. Mm. And I actually have a fat life entry about it. Mm. But it's like a symphony. He plays my body. He plays my mind. And I can just lean into him and trust him. I trust him 100%. Are there any other disasters or triumphs or things that we need to know about your sex life to get kind of a complete overview? A little detail from my four-year relationship. I needed that relationship. He was you know, in the beginning, he was very warm and very caring, and I really needed He listened to my troubles and everything. Mm. He had erectile dysfunction. Mm. He couldn't get his cock hard, but he compensated for it. And our sex life still was great. Amazing. But really, now when I'm with my daddy, and he can get his cock hard, like, right away. Oh, another turn on. Older men. Not, like, usually older, mm -hmm. but 10, 11 years. Mm. That's my past couple partners. I love feeling like a little girl, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, his the 11 years my senior, and every time I touch his stuff, it's hard. It's like awesome. Amazing. What would you say your overall hopes for your sex life going forward are? I'm really living my dream now. <sighs> I'm like every day just excited towards you know, what else we will discover that we haven't yet or what we will go back to and expand it and enjoy it. Oh, we totally got to go to a sex club and we totally, I, I totally want to go to a dungeon and just see it, not necessarily participate, but just, and those are the things that he's done in the past. And that makes me feel secure because he's done them in the past. Yeah. And I'm going in with someone who's already experienced in those things. It's just, you know, organically developing and I realized how big our sexual universe is already and universe is something that is endless by definition right so what else is there I'm just excited I don't even know there are no things that I know about and I like want them I know that there's things there that I don't know I will discover them I will get excited about them and will somehow play them out I feel so much the same way because I'm like, wow, I keep learning things and there's more and there's more and there's more. And I love being surprised by what I don't know. So that exploring the unknown, I can really relate to. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick? And what would you say? I wouldn't want to change anything, you know? Beautiful. Everything that happened to me in my life brought me to this moment that is perfect. Mm -hmm. Anything that would be different and I wouldn't be here or I would be in a different mindset or it wouldn't be that perfect. So I would just say, we I guess have a blast. Yes. Do you have a sex question for me? What excites you most when you have sex with a woman? Boobs, boobs and lips and earlobes. They're very soft, but also just the difference in energy and my personal experience. I have, this is a broad statement. So I'm just, emphasizing to everyone i'm speaking to my personal experience the female partners that i have had the female and trans partners that i've had are on the whole able to be more thoughtful about my needs without me having to like kind of shake them and check in about every single detail so obviously i immediately jumped to the physical parts of people that i love squeezing and touching and i love bodies and i do love the softness 
of a woman's body and to just be like squished up next against her. And I think also because I have such touch boundaries around my friends, I'm very touchy-feely with them, but there's a different level of permission. And so when you're finally just fucking another woman and you can melt into it and you don't have to be like, oh, am I weak? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Am I not hitting on you? Oh, you know, like, and I feel that way with all lovers because I'm pretty much having to keep a lid on myself most of the time. But it's like when you get to that point, it's so delicious. And then to add the layer on top of that, of the ease and connection once you're already there. Now, I will say I have a much harder time getting there. Like, I don't know how to I don't know. I'm struggling with communication in new partnerships and sparking things and finding that in general. But like once you're there and you have the person and you're with them, like I've just had these couple handfuls of experience of just like really delicious, beautiful ease. And I just always, this is not a rational thing. It's just a total feeling feeling. I just always feel super hot when I'm with a chick. In a way that I, it's different when I'm with a dude, even though I like love feeling objectified by my lovers, no matter what their gender is. Like when I'm with a woman, I'm like, oh, we're so fucking hot right now. And that's not something that always enters my consciousness when I'm with a man, because I think I'm just in a different mode. And so there's just like another layer of delight and appreciation. Do you have an answer? What's yours? I agree about it's absolutely different from what I get. With, for me, it's more like a kinship, a sisterhood. Mm. I know what makes me feel good. I know how to make her feel good. Mm. It really is something that is really intuitively feels close. Yeah. Not every woman, though. Yeah. Again, someone saw so last experience with a couple, the woman, I find a lot of similarities in her to me. Mm. And with her, it was, she has those curves. She smells like me she's passionate like me she's sensual like me and it's comforting yeah yeah that's the difference with men it's exciting with women it's exciting too but there's such a it's comforting it's more comforting than exciting yeah i love what you said about the idea of sisterhood not in an incest way everyone out there listening but almost like a worshiping of the divine feminine i think that's what it's like tapping into that feeling and just like giving so much with no fear about the return just because that's what my experiences have been so far yeah i also feel the same i haven't had a consistent experience with women but that's the feeling that i've been getting beautiful marina thank you so much for being a guest thank you oh my god we went through so many things i'm excited to listen to this